Well, where is it at the time? Everybody see the time? Do you see the time? Chapter 3, in verse 8 in 2 Peter. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved. That with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. Verse 9 reads, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Stop there for a moment. The title of today's sermon is Doing Nothing with Grace. Doing Nothing with Grace. I want you to understand something. There's a timer that's going on that screen right now. Time continues to tick every day of our lives. Every We have a second. We have an hour. We have minutes. We have time that continues to flow. And that time needs to be viewed as nothing but simply God's grace. God is giving us time. God has purposed us with a 24-hour clock. He has purposed, purposed us with a seven-day week. He has purposed us with months and years. This is his grace. Let's read the scripture again. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. Time does not affect God the way it affects you and I. And he's put time in place for a purpose. And whether you want to believe it or not, time is not yours. Your days and hours and weeks and months and years spent watching the clock and planning, they are not yours. They are God's grace. Because he explains to us in verse 9, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. You see, that patience comes out and equates to time. God is giving you time to do several things. He gave you time to come to know his grace, did he not? He, he, he gave you time to come to know whether or not this is your house of worship or not, did he not? He's given you time. It is not yours. It is not yours to take and do with how you feel. Because, because if God, if a thousand years is one day and a day is a thousand years, time is all in his hands, is it not? Yeah, we take our time as if it's our time. We use the time that is given to us as if we have forever. And we take the gift that God has given in time and we fill it with everything other than what God intends for it to be used for. <clears throat> I know you probably didn't expect to get a sermon on time. But y'all, it's part of grace. And he wants us to use this time for his purpose. No more, no, no different than he wants us to use this house of worship for his purpose, his word of God for his purpose, 
the grace that he's given us is for his purpose. In this time that we have been given, in this allotted measure, you know, it's, it's measured. And there's only so much. It's just like faith. You've all been given the measure of faith. And all of us have been given the measure of time. Is there anyone in here that has 25 hours in one day? Is there anyone in here that has an eight-day week? Is there anyone in here that has a 32-day month? No one has that. God put us all on the same playing field, and he said, this is your time. And he says, it's irrelevant to me. Time is mine anyway. I can start it. I can stop it. I can pause it, just like he did in battle when he paused the sun. I can pause it because it's mine. None of us can stop the ticking. None of us can stop the time. He can push pause all he wants. And guess what's going to happen? Time is still going to roll on, is it not? A thousand years is as a day, as a day is a thousand years. But he's patient. This is his grace. He is giving us one second at a time because of his grace. He's giving us one minute at a time because of his grace. He's giving us one hour at a time because of his grace. He's giving us this. Why? Verse 9 reads, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. He's giving you time to change. He's giving. See, this is not your time to do with what you need to. It's your time to get it right with God. It is your time to make things the way they ought to be concerning the Lord, not how we think they ought to be. We take our days, we go in and out of our days, and we plan this, and we plan that, and we plan this. We sign up, we sign our children up for this, we sign our children up for that. We take the time that God has given us, and we give it to everyone else but Him, and it's His to begin with. That's the same thing as taking your offering and giving it to someone else and knowing it's not yours to give to someone else to begin with. See, we take our time and we use it how we think it ought to be used. And in the world, if you look at the world, it's set up now where you have less time to do what God has designed you to do. Hmm? We're working 70 hours a week. Oh, I can work from home. You can work from home. Wait a minute, where's God at? <coughs> I, can, I, can, I can work while I'm traveling. Wait a minute. If you're going to take the time that God gives you, and you're going to pour more into the world and less into God, I'm not preaching this because somebody's wasting their time. I'm preaching this because you don't understand who the time belongs to. We have no idea. We get up, nonchalant, we walk at a pace without any kind of 
hurts, like we have all day. We take our time. We take our time. That's not our time. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. You see, God doesn't view time that you give him. God says it's mine. I'm patient. You get patient. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's go grab some water, please. As some count slowness, but it's patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish. Guess what? He is slowing down time so that we can do our business and <coughs> witness to those and make best the best use of our time. He's got the seconds going. He's got the minutes going. Want to know why? <coughs> for his purpose. For his purpose. He's slowing down time for him. He's not slowing down time so you can have more time to go and do what you want to do. He's not slowing down time so that you can have more time to do what someone else has demanded. Thank you so much, brother. Demanded you to do. He's not slowing down time for that. He is not wishing for anyone to perish. No one should perish, but they have. They have. Because we haven't taken the time to do what we need to do. We're going to stand before a holy God in heaven. And guess what's going to happen? He's going to ask us what we did with our talents. Amen. One of those talents is your time. I know I preached about that last week. He's going to ask you what you did. He's going to show you what you did with your time. He's going to show you how you took it and you wrapped it up into the world. You see, that's part of the grace. See, he didn't have to give us time to do anything. You understand? When he gave us grace, he gave us the time. Guess what? His grace is allowing us to live a life that gets better and better for him. His grace is giving all of you that are struggling with some kind of uh, spiritual battle, all of you that have a, how many of you have a spiritual battle right now? How many of you have a spiritual battle? That clock is ticking to give you time to get it right. It's called sanctification. See, that's what his grace is working. What if he didn't give you the time? What if he just, well, you're stuck with it. No time. You're going to stand before me because of that right there. <clears throat> That's not his grace. You see, we're not doing anything with that. We're continuing to wallow in our own issues and our own things, and we're doing nothing with the grace, which is time. We only have so much. Look at verse 10 in chapter 3. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. That time is coming. You see, the more that ticks down, the closer we're getting to that time right there. That day is coming. How are we preparing? How are we preparing? How are we preparing, y'all? Are we preparing by staying sold up and upset over something? 
Are we preparing by sitting back and thinking about this and thinking about that? Are we sitting back and comparing ourselves to other people? How are we preparing for that day? You see, this time that you've been given, this grace that you've been given, see, grace is bigger than you thought. It's deeper than you thought. Yes, Christ sacrificed. It paid the price for your sin. He paid the price for your sin. Guess what it did? It gave you time. It gave me time. And when I was first born, at roughly age 22, 23, to come to know Christ. But I got 20 years, two decades of my life that were not used for Christ. Now he's given me more time to come and do more grace, more grace. It's abounding to do more because my time is running out. My clock is ticking. Is your clock ticking? Is everyone's clock ticking? Verse 11 reads, Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people are we to be in holy conduct in God? See, your clock is ticking. And how much time you have left to get right with God? The grace that he's poured out we ought to look at the clock and go, wow, praise God. It's still running right now. The clock is still ticking. The clock is still counting down the seconds. That means I still have time. What do I need to do with it? Do I need to pour it into three hours in a NASCAR race on Sunday? That's up to you. It's God's time. How do you want to pour it? Do I need to pour it? into watching every Captain America movie ever made. I'm picking on you. Do I need to do that? See, I know the last thing you need is the preacher telling you what to do with your time. But it's not your time. It's God's time. So the preacher tells you what to do with God's time. Just like the Word of God. How should I use this? He's given us grace. That means he's given us time to pour into this to understand things better and more under being a more understanding person helps us helps us to view the people of God the way we should. It helps us to mend those relationships that Miss B was talking about, doesn't it? See, he's giving you time to correct those things. That clock is ticking, not for your own personal use, but for the purpose of the kingdom. I'll tell you what, turn to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. And in verse 27. <coughs> since, you, since we have a trouble managing our days and managing our times and what we should devote things to. Look at verse 27. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, look what he said, look what Jesus said, straighten up and lift up your head because your redemption is drawing near. Jesus is closer now. He's coming. He is almost here. The clock is moving. 
It is moving. So straighten up. Straighten up. And guess what? Lift your head. Quit kicking yourself. Quit walking around in the dumps. Quit walking around mad. Quit walking around complaining. Quit walking around whining. Quit walking around crying. Quit walking around doing all of these things. Straighten up and look, lift up your head because Jesus is coming. The clock is running. Take this race and do what you need to do for the body of Christ, not for yourself. You can lay in the corner and suck your thumb all day long and guess what it's going to do? Absolutely nothing. You're going to end up with a wrinkled thumb and nothing done for God. Look at verse 29. Then he told him, Behold, the fig tree and all the trees, as soon as they put forth leaves, you leave, you see it and know for yourself that summer is now near. Time is passing. So you also, when you see these things happening, recognize the kingdom of God is near. Look at that clock. Look at that clock. Is there as much time on that clock right now as it was when I started? Is there as much time on there? No. Is there as much time on there? No. Then everybody recognizes that we're moving forward, aren't we? What have we done with that time that has just passed? I know, we sat there and listened to you also as a date. That's right. That's right. If you're granted another day, if you're granted one more day, what's it going to look like knowing that the time is continuously moving? What's tomorrow going to look like for God? Or are you going to go ahead and go on down to do whatever you want to do? And see, not only that, not only is time ticking for us, but it's ticking for our children. And guess what we're teaching our children to do with their time? The same thing we're doing with it. This is how you fill your day up, Susie. This is how you fill your day up, Johnny. Nobody names your children Susie and Johnny now. It's all Micaiah and April and Rubah and all that other stuff. But you know what I mean. This is what you do with your time. This is how you handle time. Let's be efficient. Let's be here. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this. Theirs is going to be burned up. What if Jesus comes? <clears throat> what if Jesus comes? Guess what that clock does? Don't stop right just then yet. You still got seven years to count plus another thousand. But it's getting towards the end. If Jesus comes right now, though, your clock stops. If you're saved. And if you're not saved and you get killed, your clock stops. And the grace that was once here is not anymore. You better see that time taken away as grace and not just what you can do with it. Because God can stop it like that because to him, a thousand years of a day is a day is a thousand and he's slowing down and he's holding back so you can get your life together. So you can help lead someone else to Christ. He ain't slowing it down. He ain't slowing it down. So that I can sit up and I can enjoy more time driving up and down the interstate. Or I can enjoy more time watching TV. Or I can enjoy more time playing video games. He is not doing it for that reason. 
Look at verse 12 in 2 Peter chapter 4. Look at verse 12. It says, looking for. This is how you need to be spending your time. Looking for and hastening the coming of our God. What does hastening mean? What does hastening mean? Somebody throw the definition out. What does it mean? Hurry it up! How are you going to get Jesus here faster when you're using your time to go out and play tennis weeks all day long and search for flu flops and picking up? What the are you doing? Yeah, Pokemon. I'm pointing at something because I know what he's doing. How are you going to hasten the day when there's someone sitting on the street corner dying and going to hell? And the time is ticking away, and you're not taking your grace to go and tell them about Jesus. You're taking your grace and going and making sure that you got all of them in your little huddle house thing, or whatever it is it's called. I don't know the name of this thing because I don't do it. Are you sitting on social media all day long commenting about something else that someone tried? Listen, don't argue with them about that. You need to be laying down Jesus. You ain't got but so much time to do it. And it's ticking away. I know it's hard to believe. I know it's hard to believe. But my sermons ain't as long as you think they are. Get it. Get it. You only have so much time. That means you don't have time for an attitude. That means you don't have time for her feelings. You got the business of God to take care of. You better get on it. Am I angry preaching right now? Yes, I am. Because I watch me piddle away my day. I watch me piddle away the hours and the minutes. Looking and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and elements will melt with intense heat. We're spending our time trying to socialize and figure out what's wrong with us. And help, and hopefully somebody else can tell us what's wrong with us. When we got everything we need, when Christ poured all of his blood out on the cross, he gave us everything we needed. And we ran out of time, we're running out of time to tell others about that same spilt blood. We're running out of time. Because one day, God's patience is going to stop. And the church can sit around and it can worry about carpets and signs and music and, and the preacher and the water and all of these. You can sit around and you can worry about that or you can tell someone about Jesus. You see, it is not your time. And you're doing nothing with grace. And you're, we're raising a whole generation that we're going to put as much as we can into this day. We're going to put as much as we can. And you know what? I don't care what you do. I don't care how fast your computers get. I don't care how fast your microwaves get. I don't care how fast your internet's get. If your internet's getting, it doesn't change that you got 24 hours. That's all you got. And you still got to eat and sleep. Huh? It doesn't change the fact 
Look at that time. How many people have died since we started this service? How many people knew Jesus? How many? Go to Revelation chapter 14. <coughs> See, even the plants in the field, the farmers, they get to a point where they stop. Revelation chapter 14, and if you look at verse 14, and the scripture reads, Then I looked, and behold, the white cloud, and sitting on the cloud, was one like a like son of man, having a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple, crying out with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come because the harvest of the earth is ripe. Uh-oh! There's coming a time when Jesus is going to come pluck the fruit because it's done. You won't have any more opportunity. When you pull that out, you know, we got green plum trees in our yard. We've been plucking those plums off. And they're crazy. Put salt on them. If I had to remind you to put salt on them, because I've been in the one without it, and I, my face turned inside out. <laughs> but it gets to a point. When I pluck that plum, I harvest it. Guess what? It can't go back on the tree and give you no more fruit, no more nourishment, no more nothing. The source of the nutrients that are fed into that plant, that fruit, whatever, it's done. It gets to the point where it stops. And right now, we're getting close to the time when the signal is about to get picked up. Teach our children. You got more time. No, they don't. We tell our friends, you got time. No, they don't. Because God is going to stop it at some point in time. And when you go back to chapter 3 in 2 Peter, verse 11, flip on back over there. Since the earth is going to be destroyed, all these things are to be destroyed in this way. What sort of people are you to be in holy conduct and godliness? <laughs> How are you supposed to be during this time of grace? Huh? How are you supposed to be? Hurt feelings? Does grace have time for hurt feelings? Do I have time right now for you to be mad at me about something? Do I have it? See, the more time that I have to take my grace and spend fixing your emotional issues, which we have, it's the less time that we have to go out and tell someone about Jesus Christ. Children of God need to understand something. You need to be in a certain way and have to behave a certain way at all times. Because guess what? We don't have so much time. And when we devote resources trying to keep you from getting your feelings hurt, trying to keep you from jumping off whatever ledge that you're on every few minutes, I'm on them all the time. Guess what? That's one more person that can't.
cannot hear the gospel because the children of God are focused on on man. I know it's hard, y'all. I know it's hard. It was hard for me to hear. I get my feelings hurt. I get my feelings hurt. It happens to the best of us, doesn't it? But we can't devote the time of grace trying to figure out how not to hurt someone's feelings. How much time do we have? How much time do we have? Seven. Only God knows. I'm not guaranteed to finish this. Only God knows. How much time do you have? How many, how many seconds? Do you? Do you know that? <coughs> All you can do is say, Lord, forgive me, and then get up from this moment forward and go and do what Christ has commanded you to do. Let everything else be outside of that, y'all. Everything else. You know, you, at some point, you got to realize it's not cool. I got you going all over the Bible. I want you to go to 1 Samuel. Go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, Old Testament. Chapter 1. Verse 26. The scripture reads this. This is Hannah. She says, she said, Oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I'm the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. Verse 27. For this boy I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition, which I asked of him. Verse 28. So I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord, and he Worship the Lord there. Hannah had enough gumption to understand that Samuel, even though she gave birth, she endured labor, she went through everything in childbirth, that Samuel was not her child, that he belonged to God. And she did the hard work of everything else and yet still turned right around and gave it all back to God. That's the same thing in your grace. The time is not yours. And even though you've been given it, it is only for you to turn around and give it all back to God. And to teach your children, let me tell you what Samuel learned. Not only I have a mom, but I belong to the Lord. And everything about me belongs to God. 
Everything I have is Lord is the Lord's. And so I don't have time. She gave her child back to God. The child that was free, give it to her. The time that has been freely given to you. It's not yours. You need to freely give it back to God. You need to freely give it back to God. You need to freely give it back. And I'm not saying because we got a lot of stuff that needs to be done in this church. It ain't even about that. It is about what you need to be doing for the kingdom. And what you need to be doing to raise your children for the kingdom. In this day and age of distraction, in this day and age of everything that sucks your time. I can't be here. I can't do this. I can't do that. How many of you are saying that all the time? How many of you are saying that? Yeah, I don't have time. I'm not even talking about the church. I'm talking about in general. You know what? We even struggle with even stopping to get gas. Knowing that we need gas. I don't have time to stop and get gas. Do you have time to stop and run out? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> make sense, y'all. It's got to make sense. I did that. My car and the light came on. 49 miles to empty. And I looked at my watch. And I looked at the car. And I told the car, I don't have time. <laughs> What sense does that make? I gotta get here, I gotta get there. I'm wasting the day. Doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open. The altar is open. Our timer stopped. God is still clicking right now. You don't have a relationship with Him. Now is your time.